local church and welcome. My name is Alicia Bancudi and I'm so thrilled to be with you here um, this December. Today, my message is entitled The Rejected Gift. And uh, before you wonder if this is like a hope-filled Christmas message, um, don't dismay. I actually think that the Lord has um, just a really special thing to show us today as we look at how Jesus was not received when he came here to this earth. So I want to look at two scriptures to start. The first is Isaiah 9, 6. This is probably familiar to many of us. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is later in Isaiah for Isaiah 53, and this is from 2b to 3. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Father, we just want to invite you even in this time right now to come and would you bring the reality of the Christmas season to our hearts? Would you remind us that Jesus was really the most awaited gift that anyone has ever had, but that he was acquainted with sorrow and grief and rejection. And so he actually knows everything that we feel he can relate to it. And so I just pray, Father, that even as we step into um, this service, that you would help us even bring our expectations, our emotions, everything around this season to you um, to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. So my first point, if you're looking at point one, if you like to take notes, Jesus was the awaited gift that no one wanted. When we read in Isaiah 9, you see that there was prophecies about him. People were awaiting Jesus. There was people, if you read actually in Luke, there's this wonderful story and there's a man named Simeon who literally waits and says, Lord, please don't take me until I meet the Messiah. And after he meets the Messiah, he was like, Lord, you can take me now. There was people that had awaited the gift of Jesus. And we know it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given. But see, the government will rest on his shoulders through people off. They were expecting an army general, uh, a ruler, a king who would help save Israel. And so when this baby came to a manger, to a stable, you know, we always see these mangers. You know, we have nativity sets. I have this lovely nativity set I put up every year and it's beautiful and everyone is clean. <laughs> every The space is clean and beautiful. I put up twinkle lights, but it wasn't like that. It was a barn. I spent many years riding and I grew up with horses. I can tell you that if I was going to pick a place to birth my child, it would not be a barn. It's not beautiful. It's not clean and set apart. It's not special. And yet this is how God chose to bring Jesus into the world. This is how God chose to bring this awaited gift. But see, Jesus was the awaited gift that no one then wanted. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you have wanted this gift so bad. I have a really embarrassing moment. I can remember being about 13 and really wanting a saddle for my horse, wanting this specific saddle, dreaming of this specific saddle. And my parents bought me this saddle. It was nothing what I wanted, nothing I had imagined. They got this new type of saddle that could change and shift based on your horse's size. And I was so disappointed. I actually really rejected their gift. 
And I, I didn't see the value of it. I didn't see the beauty of it, but my parents did because they knew actually I'd probably outgrow the horse I had. And the gift was perfect for me. See, Jesus is the perfect gift for us. And yet many of us, many people throughout history, since the beginning of time, rejected Jesus because it wasn't what they thought, wasn't what they wanted. Um, you know, I was thinking about all the times he was rejected. Well, what about his father when he was in the womb, when Mary tells Joseph and Joseph says, how can this be? You know, even from the moment that he was in Mary's womb, he was rejected. What about even for birth? You know, here he is, his parents are looking for a place that he can be born into this world and everyone turns him away. The innkeeper turns him away. People turn them away. And all that's available is a stable. It says Jesus wasn't accepted in his own hometown, by his own people, even his friends closest to him. You know, we read about the disciples, we read about Judas, and we kind of brush it, not brush it off, but maybe it's familiar to us that this man betrayed Jesus, but this just wasn't a man. This was one of his 12. This was a close-knit friend, like a close-knit community friend. Can you imagine? You only have 12 close friends. These are them. This is who you do life with. This is who you've done ministry with. You've prayed with. You've seen miraculous things happen. This closest friend comes and betrays you with a kiss. He was rejected from his own friends. Even when he asked them to stay awake and pray with them, would pray with him, they fell asleep. It says, this is John 7, 5, and this is about Jesus's brothers, his own family, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. This is when they're suggesting where he should go and where he should do his ministry. Can you imagine? You're the Messiah. You are going to come and set the people free. You know what's going to happen, and nobody accepts you. And even the ones that accept you, reject you. I think of Peter who, who said, God, I will go, I'll go to the ends of the earth with you. You know, I'll follow you. And a little girl says, did you know him? And when Jesus is heading to the cross, he says, I never, I didn't know that guy. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. He was the most awaited gift, but the most rejected gift. And the reason why we need to see this is because we need to know the value of the gift. See, if we don't really know um, all the ins and outs of the gift, sometimes the value gets lost. Sometimes it becomes common. Like that saddle, it was just a common gift to me, but I didn't see the value and the specialness of the gift. Now I really have a heart to say, Lord, would you show me? One of the gifts that I've received that is probably one of my favorite gifts was I did a father-daughter weekend with my dad when we were just starting to build our relationship together. And the dads were encouraged to buy their daughters a gift. And my dad picked out these silver earrings and this necklace. I would probably never go to a jewelry store and pick this style. But when he gave it to me, there was something in my heart that says, this is very precious. And I loved them. I didn't care that it wasn't necessarily my style. I loved it because my father picked it out and put thought and gave it to me. And I later found out by my mom that he spent hours and hours looking for the perfect gift. Jesus was the perfect gift. The father knew exactly what he was doing when he sent his son, but he was rejected by many. The first Christmas that I was ever in church, I can remember my parents had just become believers. I was in grade 11 
And they said, would you come to church service with us this Christmas? So I agreed to go. And we had never gone to church ever before. This was my very first Christmas service. And I can remember standing there holding those little white candles. They have like this paper circle around them so that you can sing carols and it doesn't drip anywhere. And I felt so out of place. If I could have given a word to how I felt, I felt so rejected. Like I didn't belong there, that I wasn't part of these people. You know, everywhere I looked, everyone looked so good. And I really felt like I was never good enough to be a part of people like that. And when I learned that Jesus didn't come for the healed, he came for the sick, I realized that actually church was supposed to be a place for me. The rejected were supposed to come so they would know that they were accepted. My very first Christmas as a believer, I stood and held those candles and I couldn't believe that I got to be a part of this family, that I was now singing songs like the weary world rejoices. And, you know, there's this line that says, you know, and the soul felt its worth. You know, it's a familiar Christmas carol to many of us. And it was the very first Christmas service, the very first Christmas that my soul knew its worth. It knew that Jesus died for my soul. And so I sang differently. I, I lived that Christmas differently. See, many of us, we've waited for this gift of Jesus. We're actually made with like a Jesus-shaped hole in our heart. But for many of us, we've rejected him over the years. And sometimes even when we accept him as our savior, we can still reject who God is, even who God says we are. You know, I was thinking of some questions today from where you're watching. Did you, do you feel this Christmas like Jesus forgot you because you're single for another year in a row, even though you've asked? Do you feel like you've been looked past by him because finances are tight and it doesn't feel like an easy year? Do you feel like you don't even belong in this family because maybe you don't even know this Jesus yet, or maybe because you feel far away, disconnected. No matter how you are coming in today to watch this service, I just want you to know that Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. And that's point two if you're taking notes. Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. I wanna look at the, the description of the word rejected because I think it gives us an idea of what exactly Jesus went through for us. You know, some of the words for rejected is discarded, abandoned, dismissed, set aside, forsake, dispute, turns one back, turn one's back on, disprove. You know, I can relate to many of those words. I have felt discarded. I have felt dismissed. I have felt like people have turned their back on me. But see, it said that Jesus was rejected. When we read that in Isaiah 53, it says that he was rejected, which means he was discarded, abandoned, dismissed, set aside. People turned their back on him. He was disproved. But he was those things so that we could be accepted. And this is actually the antonym of rejected, adopted, embraced held, utilized, accepted, approved, welcomed, chosen, handpicked. Isn't it remarkable that pretty much every single one of those words are in the word to describe what the father says about us? You know, he says, before you chose me, I chose you. It says we've been adopted in, that he approves of us. You know, I work for a ministry and, and our key verse is Luke 9, 11, where Jesus welcomed the people 
taught them about the kingdom of God and healed those in need. The welcome is what Jesus does. He welcomes people in, we let our guard down, and then we receive from him. Jesus was rejected so that we could feel all of these things, so that we could be adopted and embraced, accepted by the Father. The very thing that Jesus accepted allows us instead to receive adoption and acceptance. This is Isaiah 53, four to six. So this is right under the scripture we read in the beginning. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. All that Jesus went through was for us. It says everything here, our weaknesses, our sorrows. It was actually our sin that did that. And as I was preparing this message, I was worried that it'd be too close to an Easter message. But then I thought, how do you have Jesus's death and resurrection without his birth? because we need to know the purpose of his birth, the purpose of that gift. He was born in a manger, he came lowly as a man so that he could die as a human so that we could be connected to the Father. So although he was fully God, it said he was fully human as well, fully man. So he felt, he experienced. And so what an incredible thing that that very gift of this precious baby in this dirty, dirty stable, this gift that was rejected by so many, the purpose of this gift was to unite us in, with the Father when he died. We cannot understand the fullness of the gift without knowing the fullness of what happens to the gift. You know, he came to earth knowing he would be rejected and killed so we could be accepted to the Father. Every rejection, every pain, everything he experienced was for us, was for you. You know, I was thinking that often we, we know this gift, but we don't respond like this gift is real in our life. I don't respond like a daughter who's chosen. I don't respond like I'm handpicked or approved. Are you still trying to prove that you're enough for the gift that came so you could be enough for the Father? He became the rejected gift so we could be the accepted son or daughter. He knows how you feel. You know, when we read Isaiah 53, we can see that he's familiar with sorrow and grief, abandonment, rejection. So if you're watching today and this season is not joyful and happy for you, or, or maybe it is and it's familiar to you, would the reality of that gift make Christmas fresh again for you? So our last point, if you're taking notes, number three, accepting the rejected gift and all it has to offer. You know, I eventually accepted that saddle because I needed a saddle to ride in. It was literally the best piece of tack I ever owned. It went with me from horse to pony to horse. It was phenomenal. And actually when I accepted it, I saw the value of it. Now, of course, Jesus is far greater than this saddle, but sometimes when we accept the gift fully for all that it entails, we see the beauty of it. We have an opportunity to be a people who accepts the rejected gift this Christmas. You know, Jesus is still rejected. I don't know about you, but when I share about Jesus, people aren't always like, tell me more, friend. Tell me more about this Jesus you speak of. I've heard, I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about your faith. That's good for you, but not for me. 
That's nice that you need a crutch. That's good that you need that. Jesus is still rejected to this day, but I don't know about you. I want to accept the rejected gift. Accepting this gift requires us not just to accept the gift itself, but all that comes along with it, which is the beauty and the grace that we get to apply to our own lives. This is Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do I limit my destiny and kingdom significance because I have even disagreed with those scriptures, with who God says that I feel like I need to earn, I need to prove myself? Have I devalued this awaited gift when I reject myself or even what God says? I believe yes. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Part of believing in this gift, accepting the gift, is actually walking in the authority, the fullness, the hope, the joy of Jesus. Are you walking in the hope and joy of Jesus this Christmas? You know, I often think if you look at Genesis 3, when we reject the Lord, when we reject him in our life, what is the result? A loss of peace, a loss of security, shame. If you look at Adam and Eve, well, what happened when they, when they experienced that separation from God? They hid. They were afraid. When we lack a relationship that's close-knit with the Father, when we don't accept the gift fully, and whether that's through salvation or even, you know, even as a believer, if I'm not really believing what he's saying, well, what's going to be the fruit? Adam and Eve's rejection of God affected their children and the future generations. You know, and often the fear of rejection and striving for significance can be the motivational forces for us. And we just think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be rejected. Even it can affect if we share about this gift. We even reject the gift because we're afraid of being rejected by sharing the gift. Maybe this Christmas you, you long to see someone in your family know him, but you fear their rejection. So you don't even share the gift. And then therefore you reject the gift. Isn't that wild? This Christmas, we should be wanting to tell everybody because the gift of grace and salvation and hope and joy should be so apparent in our lives that whether rejection comes, we want that gift for ourselves and we want others to experience it as well. You know, children of God accept themselves as God, as their father God does. You know, it says we're children that the Father delights in. This is Zephaniah 317. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will joy rejoice over you with joyful song. He reaches out to us. It says in 1 Peter that we are a member of the royal priesthood. We're to love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. We are to live like this gift is for us and that we believe it. You know, God's desire is to welcome his children back into his family. This is his motivation for sending Jesus, to get the family back together. You know, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son, that if we believed in him, we would not perish but have eternal life. I've had to acknowledge where I have not wanted to accept this gift or even where I've been ashamed of the gift. 
and sorrow has hit my heart where I've had to say, Lord, I am so sorry where this gift, this beautiful gift, I've even rejected it. Oh, before I stood in that church holding that white candle at my second Christmas, you better believe I rejected Jesus far more times than just that very first Christmas service. My parents talked about him and I wanted nothing to do with him. I met people in school that talked about him. I wanted nothing to do with him. But don't lose hope, friends. There's someone in your life that you are longing that they would know this gift. Know that every single one of us have been made to accept it, whether we reject it first or not. Have you accepted this gift for Christmas? I want to give an opportunity for anybody listening today that maybe you're, you're listening and you want this gift in your life. Someone told you to tune into this service. Someone suggested you listen and you want this gift. I would love to pray for you. And then afterwards, I want to pray for those of us listening who know about Jesus. We know this gift. Maybe it's become familiar. Maybe along the lines we've rejected it. And we need to be reminded that we are his workmanship, that he made us unique, that he accepted us, that he loves us. And so I'd love to pray for you as well. So I'm gonna um, pray for those who don't know the gift yet. And then for those of us who know the gift, maybe it's become a bit familiar. And I'm really believing that this season um, could be one where we see everything with fresh eyes. That if you unwrap something under the tree that you didn't want, you see it for the person who gave it to you. And even still, it didn't matter because the true gift this Christmas is the one who was rejected from the moment he was in the womb. And so, Father, today I just want to pray for anyone listening, God, who has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior. They have not accepted this gift for Christmas. And Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the greatest gift that we could ever receive on Christmas. And so if you're watching, I just want to encourage you to pray after me. If you're, you know, if we're in a room, I, I just want to say, um, let's all pray together. So if there's someone there that wants to make that decision, you don't have to feel singled out. And we're going to pray as a family. And so if you'd like to pray, you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you came to this earth as a baby for me. Thank you that you were rejected, despised, and forgotten by your friends for me. I now choose to welcome you into my own life as the perfect gift, as my Lord and Savior. Would you forgive me for my own sin? like that scripture in Isaiah said, that, that sin that you bared. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, I wanna pray for those of us that are listening and this gift has become familiar and normal and maybe this gift is something that we've held really lightly. Maybe this season we get caught up in it and we forget the gift. Father, would you forgive us where this, this perfect, beautiful gift has been rejected even by us? Father, would you even forgive me where I've rejected myself and you, 
your word in this, um, not even in this season, but in my life. Because Lord, I wanna accept all that this gift has. I wanna accept this perfect gift that came in a, a lowly way, in a manger. I choose to like re-accept this gift this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just wanna thank you so much for tuning in today, friends. And I wanna encourage you, if it was your first time accepting this gift, or maybe it feels fresh to tell at least one person this Christmas. Whether it's the person wrapping your gift at the mall or someone you sit beside on a train or a family member, share about the beauty of this gift. And remember that he was rejected so we can be accepted. So even when they reject him, we know, we know that the true, the true heart actually desires acceptance and love. And so have a wonderful rest of your week, family. We can't wait to see you next week for Christmas. And uh, I'll see you soon. Bye.